Good afternoon. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. So today is going to be part three of my Clint Eastwood movie reviews. And today I'm going to be reviewing his latest film, which was just released on Friday, Quarai uh, Macho. So we'll get into that in a moment. But of course, as always, uh, we'll get some housekeeping out of the way. Again, you're listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast, uh, a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. You can get the audio version of this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, so you can uh, find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbean, and on Amazon Music. Um, it's on other podcatchers as well, but those are the applications that it is officially on. If you don't have a podcasting app, you can always download all episodes of this show from the website. The website is www.letmebendyourear.com. If you want to email the show, the email for the show is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're a regular listener to the program, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you do see me on social media, my handle on Twitter is at bendyourearpod. That is also the handle for Instagram and for Twitch. Uh, I'm doing the show live as I've been doing the last few months. The show is right now available on the YouTube channel, which is at Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The Facebook page, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear. Also on Twitch. Uh, if you're there now, you can watch the show there as well. Uh, so again, uh, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook page. I'd appreciate that as well. And the biggest thing you can do if you're a fan of the program and uh, would like to help spread the word for other people to check it out. If you see my post, especially on Twitter, please uh, like and retweet. Uh, anytime there's a new episode, this one included, I'll be posting uh, when it's available. So if you can retweet that. Uh, for independent podcasters like myself, this is the uh, e easiest and best way you can assist in getting a bigger audience for the show. So I really appreciate that. The second thing you could do, if you wouldn't mind, is if you listen to the show on a po podcasting app, such as Apple Podcast or Google Podcasts, please rate and review. Hopefully you like what you hear and you give the show five stars. Uh, the reason that this is extremely important, again, being an independent podcaster, this is a way to spread the word about the show. The more ratings and reviews a show can obtain, the higher in search results the show will be featured in when people are seeking out new movie podcasts. So if you could do that, if you're a fan of the show, I would really appreciate that. Okay. And again, if you want to email the show, movie suggestions, thoughts on the show, Again, that email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And before I get into the review, uh, of course, I am live now. So if you're watching live, thank you for joining me. And as always, if you want to join the show live and you're watching this live, please let me know um, on any of the formats that I'm at. Just uh, type into the chat area that you would like to come on and I will bring you on and we'll discuss Cry Macho. Or if you want to discuss any other Clint Eastwood movie or movies in general, uh, if somebody does come on as a live guest, obviously we'll try to focus on the movie I'm reviewing for this episode. But if you have another movie question or a general thing about movies you want to discuss, uh, it's kind of uh, open forum if you want to do that. And of course, you have a couple of different ways you can come on. You can come on full video audio and I'll bring you on and uh, share the screen with me and we'll discuss movies. 
You can come on audio only if you're not comfortable with the video. That's fine. Uh, you can do that as well. Or if you're not comfortable with either, just chat. If you have a question or a comment about the movie I'm reviewing or anything else in movies, just type it in the chat area if you don't want to come on either audio or video. And I will look at the chat as I'm talking here. And if I see your question, I'll answer it live as well. So again, I would encourage you to come on live. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. Uh, just come on with me. Just say you want to get on. Once I get into the review of the movie, we can discuss that. And like I said, if uh, you have any other questions, like I said, it's discussing the movie that I'm talking about today. Or like I said, it can be open form if you have a different question or different discussion you want to go at. So like I said, uh, my intention in doing the live videos over the last few months is to grow the show. That's my intention. That's what I want to do. Get a bigger audience, get better engagement with the people that do listen to the podcast, and ultimately, hopefully, get new listeners to join us here in this community of people that love movies. So, again, uh, if you want to come on live, just click in the chat there, and I'll see you, and then I'll just bring you right on. It's that simple. Uh, the uh, the software is browser based, so once uh, once you click that you want to come on, you know, I'll bring you right on. Like I said, it's super easy, and uh, I will put the link in the chat uh, if somebody wants to come on. So as soon as you let me know. Uh, I'll stick the link in there as well. And actually, just give me a second. Uh, I will actually do that now. Just give me one second, and uh, we will get you in here if you want to come in. So, again, I'm going to be review reviewing uh, Cry Macho, which is the new Clint Eastwood film. And um, it'll be uh, – we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the movie. Um, just to give you a little bit of a spoiler here, um, the history of the movie is more interesting uh, unfortunately, than the actual movie itself. Uh, so, but let's get into that first. So, uh, if you listen to my previous episode, part two of this, um, Clint Eastwood reviews of his film. So, the first part one was the Outlaw Josie Wales, and the episode previous to one, the one that's up now, part two, uh, is the classic Unforgiven, which I gave a five out of five review. Check that one out uh, if you want. That's the one that's up now. Uh, this movie kind of has a similar history to Unforgiven, so I'm going to start there. So Cry Macho was a novel, or actually, let me take that back. It was a script uh, that was circulating in the 70s that was rejected a, a few times. So what the author did was he actually turned the script into a novelization, and then when he did that, the novelization was optioned for a screenplay, which is kind of weird since it was already a screenplay and rejected, but the novelization of the story was turned into a screenplay and Clint Eastwood saw it in the early eighties. So kind of similar to Unforgiven, it was a screenplay that he saw read and, and liked and like Unforgiven, the lead character of Mike Milo, he felt at the time he was too young to play it. So this was about 1987, 88. So instead of doing cry macho, he actually ended up, shooting what would ultimately be his last Dirty Harry movie, which was The Deadpool. So if you remember that film, that uh, was, uh, of course, he starred in it. Uh, it had a, actually a very early performance by Jim Carrey. Uh, so it was the last Dirty Harry film, not not one of the best Dirty Harry movies, but that's what he ended up ultimately uh, shooting instead of Cry Macho. So the script just sat, you know, obviously for 30 some odd years. And then he decided to make the film, of course, now and release it here in 2021. So uh, the screenplay for Cry Macho uh, was co-written by the author uh, of the story. And give me a second. I have their information right here. Sorry about that.
So the original author, which was Nash, uh, co-wrote the screenplay with uh, Eastwood's late career frequent collaborator, um, who uh, Neil Shank, who worked on Gran Torino and uh, The Mule, which came out a couple of years ago. So they co-wrote the screenplay and uh, and Eastwood, of course, producing and directing uh, as he's done for all of his films over the last 30 some odd years. I don't think he's actually worked for another director um, in quite a long time. So, uh, again, he's directing and starring in this movie. So I know if you know his late career, uh, he's been pretty prolific in the last 15 years or so and has made some excellent films, uh, American Sniper being uh, one of them. Of course, Mystic River, Flags of Our Fathers, some very, very, very good films. Some not so good, uh, kind of not uh, up to snuff. And uh, Cry Macho, I think, is unfortunately in that latter category. So the plot to the film, Clint Eastwood plays Mike Milo, who is a rodeo star, an old faded rodeo star that uh, had an accident where he broke his back, severe injuries, and after that, he lost his family and became an alcoholic. On the outset of the film, which starts and set in 1979, he is working on a, a ranch uh, and basically just kind of training horses. And um, as the movie opens, he's actually getting fired uh, from his job. Um, he works for Howard Polk, played by uh, actor and singer Dwight Yoakam. He fires him at the outset of the film, basically tells him, look, man, you just don't care about anything. We just really don't need you anymore. Uh, so get out of here. So he's fired. He goes back to his home and just is basically pretty much retired, just sitting there, you know, not doing anything. The movie flash forwards to a year later, 1980. And um, Howard goes to his house to have him retrieve his son. So Howard had a son with a woman from Mexico and uh, abandoned the son and the mother, and she is in Mexico now. Howard tells Mike that his son is being abused in Mexico, and he wants him to come to live with him. And, uh, of course, Mike's like, why would you have me do this? That seems dangerous, and it seems like kidnapping, so not interested. And uh, so Howard basically uses his influence over him in the sense that he basically kept Mike employed after his accident and he wasn't a rodeo star anymore and basically boils it down to, Hey, you owe me. And, uh, my son is in danger and I need you to get him out. So of course, Mike reluctantly agrees and uh, heads down to Mexico to look for his son, Raphael and, uh, bring him back. So that's the, that's basically the, the setup of the story. I'm going to talk a little more in depth about this movie because there's really not a lot of, spoilers I can give away. Uh, so I can give you give you some parts of the movie that are not going to really spoil anything. And I'll explain why once I get to the, my review of my actual thoughts on the film. So of course, he gets to Mexico. He finds the, the mother relatively easily because she lives in a huge mansion. And obviously, she's well off and appears to have some kind of underworld or crime connections that, uh, that are not really uh, gone into. And, and that's one of my issues with the screenplay and with this movie. It's pretty sparse and backstory for the supporting characters it's really just kind of he gets the offer he goes to mexico he he, he confronts her the boy is not there Rafael's not there and um so basically he runs into lita 
uh, who is the ex-wife uh, played by Fernanda Urahola. I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. So here's some of my problems with the movie. I, the performances are all over the place, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, the mother is obviously not a very good mom. She doesn't want the kid. The kid is not even at the house. She doesn't even know where he is. Uh, so he goes out to find him uh, because the mother tells him that he's uh, basically out roaming the streets and is into cockfighting. So he, you know, Mike goes to the basically the biggest cockfighting ring in the city and town there. And of course, the, the kid is there uh, fighting with his cock. And that's the name of the the movie Cry Macho. So Macho is the rooster that Raphael fights with. So Raphael is played by Eduardo Minette. And I think this is his first movie. And as I was stating with the performances, and actually let me hold off on the performances. So he finds Raphael and he tries to convince him to come with him uh, to go back to uh, the United States to be with his father. Of course, he resists. But ultimately, through a series of events, they end up, he ends up going with him. And then the rest of the movie is basically like a, uh, I guess, a road picture as he's trying to get him out of Mexico and they encounter uh, different obstacles along the way. Also, they find uh, some people that care about them. They end up at this um, this woman's uh, place in a town on their way back to the United States. Uh, she's a widow, and they she has grandchildren there. And Mike and her strike up kind of a relationship, and Eduardo has a relationship with the oldest granddaughter, kind of. And and it's basically there's a lot of themes in Cry Macho that kind of uh, are mirroring Unforgiven. So if you listen to my review of Unforgiven. Uh, it's basically kind of a meditation on masculinity and macho and and how basically false bravado uh, is really nothing to be proud of or to really waste your time with because uh, Raphael's character is is super aggressive and kind of an alpha male. Uh, but of course, when you find out his backstory or what little backstory they give you, you, you find out that it's, again, false bravado, kind of like the Schofield kid character in Unforgiven, uh, as I stated in the previous review, it's a it's a young kid with very false bravado who's who's kind of acting like he's tough, but in reality, that's just a uh, a shell or a cover for deep insecurities and and trauma, and especially in Raphael's character, uh, they you know they make it clear he's been abused. Like I said, they don't really go deep into that, uh, and and but you see that that's all a shield, and 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 a protective. Um, shield for his character to keep him okay because basically he's he's a 13 year old living on the streets by himself until mike finds him to try to bring him back and of course the relationship between mike and Raphael grows uh, as they go on this trip back and uh that's basically it's it's really nothing more complicated than that and unfortunately i wish it were a little more complicated than that especially after watching Unforgiven, and then following this film right after that, it, you can just see it. It just really pales in comparison. So let's start with the performances. So Clint Eastwood is fine. Uh, he's a great actor, I think. I think a lot of times he's an underrated actor. And of course, anytime Clint Eastwood's on screen, uh, he he's his natural charisma. And the thing that's amazing about it, look, he's 91 years old. And, you know, he's walks a lot slower. He's a lot more gaunt. But he still has that gleam in his eye. He still can deliver a line. Uh, you know, he's been acting for f over 60 years. So he can deliver a line like he always can. So, And it's kind of impressive to see a 91-year-old 
uh, directing and starring uh, in a major motion picture. So that's the positive. And you know, like I said, he gives there's there's things in this performance that are really good. But unfortunately, I wish I could say the same for the rest. Right. Yoakum is fine. Uh, he's not in the film um, really uh, that much, but he's he's good. I mean, he was fantastic in Sling Blade. He was he was fine. So I had no issue with Dwight Yoakum. But unfortunately, the like I said, the uh, the kid, Eduardo Minette, who plays Raphael, is his performance to me was not fantastic. It was kind of. And I think part of it is the screenplay. I think the screenplay is weak. And I think the line readings by the actors are not helped by not. It's just there was some clunky dialogue. He, he doesn't deliver it very well. I think for him, as the movie progressed, he got better. But early on in the film, when you first meet his character, it, unfortunately, it was actually pretty irritating. Uh, his performance, like I said, it got better as the movie went along. Uh, but again, it was enough that it was a distraction. The female characters, especially the female character uh, of his mother, um, Leda, Fernanda, you were a whole lot. I've never seen her before. It's just, you know, she's drunk and she tries to sleep with cleaning with Mike Milo. It just it just was all over the place. And she was angry and then trying to do that. It's just they didn't give her character any kind of context or backstory or you don't really even know what she is other than she seems like she's obviously she lives in a mansion so she's got money obviously it appears that she deals in illegal activities but you don't and i'm not saying i have to have a whole thing but it was just it was bare bones and i know with clint eastwood his direction style and his the way that he filmed that he films movies is bare bones he just he doesn't do a lot of takes he takes the screenplay as it is and just shoots it he doesn't have rewrite rewrites and sometimes that's great but other times that really hurts, and I think it really hurts this movie. And the other female performer, which is the the lady that he meets, the widow that he meets on the journey back to the United States, um, which is Natalia Traverne as Marta. Uh, she's better. Uh, I didn't have too much of an issue with her performance, but but again, it it, it the performances are, are are hit and miss. And like I said, the 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 kid is the main character along with with uh, Clint Eastwood's Mike Milo and it's tough because it's it's it it really distracts from the movie and there were stretches of the movie where I find myself uh losing interest and this movie is one hour and 44 minutes which is actually not that long so if I'm losing interest in a movie that's really not that long that's a bad sign that's a red flag for me and it moves along at an amiable kind of I know the the, the, the pacing is deliberate and it's supposed to be kind of a meditative thing on on you know masculine masculinity and things like that and it's interesting because i've read i read a bunch of reviews uh for the movie after i saw it and there's been a lot of positive reviews of the movie and as i was going through the reviews i, I you know that's fine and everybody's entitled to to have their opinion on it i really disagreed with most of the reviews um i thought the movie was a uh a little bit long and uh it was not one of his best and like i said Coming off of watching Unforgiven, which is one of his best movies, or you could argue his best movie, period. Um, you know, I, I'm sure people will debate that, but that's a really tough kind of back to back for me because uh, I watched Unforgiven and then watched Cry Macho a couple of days later. And it really, like I said, it pales in comparison uh, to Unforgiven. Unforgiven is a, is a uh, you know, just an undisputed classic. Uh, and this movie, which I was looking forward to seeing. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, it's the first, 
And it's it's not really a Western, but he gets on a horse. He kind of is a cowboy. So there are some things that I think maybe some people that are hardcore Clint Eastwood fans, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of his, would be looking forward to seeing him get on a horse for the first time since Unforgiven and kind of dig back into those themes uh, that he that he's talked about in other films. Uh, and like I said, in Josie Wales and in Unforgiven specifically. But unfortunately here, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, like I said, the movie goes, I mean, like I said, you you pretty much know what's going to happen. You know how the movie is going to end, which normally I that's fine if the journey to the end is is riveting and held my attention. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with it being uh, formulaic in the sense that you know where it's going to go. But if, if the journey there is not very exciting, then it really hurts the movie overall. And I think in this case it does. And that's unfortunate. I was really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, but again, I can't really give it a, a, a recommendation as far as I'm concerned. So like I said, it's an hour, 44 minutes. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it's really slow. And like I said, if you're going to be moving at a kind of a rambling pace, you really got to have situations and dialogue and acting that keeps you enthralled going through those parts. If it's going to have that amiable kind of, you know, slow ride to the end of the film. Uh, so for me, like I said, uh, Clint Eastwood uh, is, uh, you know, he's an icon. And like I said, even in this movie, there's glimpses of what what you really like about him. So I think this movie is probably only really for super hardcore Clint Eastwood fans. And uh, like I said, he's 91 years old. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many films he has left to make. Uh, so hopefully the next one will be uh, a lot better than this one. Uh, and hopefully this won't be his last movie. I read an article. He doesn't really have anything uh, in the pipeline to make, but he had said he didn't have any in the pipeline until he just finally decided to do this movie. So I think he's just kind of taking it. If he finds a screenplay that um, piques his interest, that he's willing to go direct, he'll do it. Uh, but if this ends up being his last movie, I don't think it's 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 one of his better ones. But like I said, if you're a hardcore Clint Eastwood fan, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, but other than that, I think it's going to be a hard sell to recommend it. So uh, let me go to my Van Gogh review. So out of five Van Goghs, I'm going to give Cry Macho uh, two and a half. So on that scale, it's really, like I said, it's, it's a movie I probably wouldn't see again. Uh, I maybe would have given it a three if it was a little bit better, but I can't. A three to me would almost give it kind of a recommendation. I really, unfortunately, can't recommend it unless you are a hardcore, completist Clint Eastwood fan and sees and watches everything that he's in, then I think you'll probably find some enjoyment there and, and like it uh, a lot more than I did. Unfortunately, uh, I did not. So it's going to be two and a half Van Goghs out of five. The movie is now playing in theaters and it's also playing on HBO Max since it's a Warner Brothers film. So I think it's going to be there for a couple of weeks. So if you are unable to go to a theater to see it uh, or are uncomfortable going to the theater yet, uh, you can watch it on HBO Max. So this is part three of my uh, Eastwood films. So I did The Outlaw Josie Wales, Unforgiven, and now Cry Macho. So uh, I will be doing more Clint Eastwood films. Uh, the next review won't be one, but what I'll probably do is just continue to call it Eastwood part wherever I'm at, since you know he's got a you know he has a huge career, and there's a lot of great Eastwood films that uh, I will definitely be reviewing on this podcast. Uh, a lot of older ones. I was glad to get to Unforgiven. Uh, just a couple of uh, teases on what I will do. I'm going to revisit a, a Perfect World, which is uh, that one. I think I'm going to do next whenever I get around to doing that one is because 
that is a uh, um, Clint Eastwood film that I think a lot of people do not know about. Uh, he, unless you're a hardcore fan, that had him and Kevin Costner with uh, Eastwood directing. That's a great, great movie. And that's a movie that did no box office. And that's a shame because that's one of his better movies and one of Kevin Costner's better performances. Uh, so I will definitely, that'll probably be the next Eastwood movie I review at some point in the future. Uh, but if uh, you have not seen A Perfect World, I'll just, you know, give you a tease. I would definitely check it out, especially before I do that podcast. And if you want to talk about it, when I do review it, that's a great uh, movie. So I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time to revisit it. I'm looking forward to revisiting that movie and uh, and talking about it, especially since uh, there's a lot of people. Most people have not seen that movie because, like I said, it did not do well at all. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. So that is my review of Cry Macho. Again, two and a half Van Goghs out of five. It's playing now. So again, I am live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch. So uh, if you want to come on, let me know. The link is posted in the chat. I'm going to post it here one more time uh, in the next couple, last couple of minutes that I have on the show. Um, if you want to talk about Cry Macho or Clint Eastwood or anything else about movies, uh, feel free to come on. Like I said, you can um, come on video with me. You can come on audio only, or you can come on, uh, or just you can chat a type of question in uh, here, uh, and I'll be happy to answer it uh, regarding movies or about the movie I just talked about. So again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I'm Frank. I'm the host of the show, and the tagline of the show is I discuss and review movies new and old. This is a movie podcast. Uh, movies are my biggest passion, probably other than sports, uh, but I've loved movies since I was a child, and I love talking about them, uh, discussing them with other people. So again, this is what this podcast is about. And again, I want to thank everyone that's been a regular listener to the show. Uh, my downloads have increased, and I am very, very grateful. So again, everyone out there that is a regular listener, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. And if you are a fan of the show, again, I would ask that you uh, share my post on social media. Tell friends about the show. Uh, again, as an independent podcaster, it's uh, it's the lifeblood of how I can get the show uh, to grow. And like I've stated before, this is something I love doing. I look forward to doing the podcast every week. And I would do it whether there was one listener or a million listeners. It's something that I love to do. But at th that being said, I still want to grow this show. And uh, I enjoy doing it. And I just want to get as many people to join me on this uh, on this journey as really enjoy talking movies because that's something I really, really am passionate about. So again, uh, I'm going to be on here for a couple more minutes. If you want to come on live again, just click uh, that you want to come on in the chat box, or actually you can just click the link uh, right there. The link is up and just click on that link and uh, you'll be able to come on and uh, I'll bring you in. It's that simple. Like I said, there's nothing else you have to do on your computer. Even if you're on your cell phone watching this right now, you can do it there. You click on the link, it's browser based and I just bring you right on. So there's nothing you have to do. It's super simple. So again, Thank you for listening. Uh, like I said, the show is available on the website. So every episode is available there if you don't use a podcasting app. The website, again, is letmebendyourear.com. Every episode is there available for listening and download. You can also see all my social media locations. So wherever I'm at on social media, uh, that's listed there on the website. And then, of course, the email. If you have suggestions, a movie you'd like me to review, uh, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So the next episode, um, I'm going to be reviewing 
another movie that I loved. If you saw my post on Twitter yesterday, I just received the Criterion Blu-ray of Broadcast News. Now, that is a film that was written and directed by James L. Brooks. So if you're not familiar with his work, he started in television. Uh, he's created some of the most iconic television series of the 70s and early 80s. He created Married the Mary Tyler Moore Show. He also created Taxi. And he was an executive producer of The Simpsons and also was a mentor to many, many other filmmakers. And he's made some fantastic movies. Uh, I've seen most of his films. This film, to me, Broadcast News is his best work. Uh, it's a great, great movie. I'm looking forward to looking at the uh, Criterion um, restoration of it. It came out in 1987. It stars William Hurt. Holly Hunter and Albert Brooks. So that's going to be in the next episode. And just as I was for Unforgiven, I'm super excited to discuss that movie and, and more specifically, hopefully uh, find uh, an audience for it that has not seen it. So uh, definitely check, uh, check out that review next. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be put up next week. Uh, this episode will be up shortly on the audio podcast feed uh, for Cry Macho. And like I said, I'll definitely be reviewing more Clint Eastwood films uh, as the podcast moves forward. So again, I want to thank you for watching if you're watching now. And of course, if you're listening to this later, thank you so much for listening to the show. Again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. And I really appreciate everyone that's uh, listened, that follows me on social media, that interacts with me there and uh, has been watching these lives. So again, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And I will see you for my next episode, which will be James L. Brooks Broadcast News. Thank you. Have a fantastic week. Take care.